You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. everyone, welcome to the Seeking Access Podcast. My name is Nathan Crankfield, your host, and I'm excited to be with you today with a very, very important message. And that message today is, you can't cancel Christmas. You can't cancel Christmas, man. It seems like that's like the, uh, you know, the little hashtag or, or phrase that's going around. And this isn't going to just be a, you know, political or COVID rant about this, but really some like important insights for us as Catholics, as Christians during this holiday season that is truly, you know, being attempted, there is an attempt by a lot of politicians and unfortunately, even some spiritual leaders, surely some people in your family to try to cancel Christmas. And I just want to talk about why that mindset is uh, toxic or dangerous and we have to be careful and like kind of where it stems from, you know, in our society as well. So this is going to be a short little quick rant about why you can't cancel Christmas, man. You can't cancel Christmas. Why can't you cancel Christmas? Because Christmas is uncancelable. Because Christmas is the birth of Jesus, right? Like you can't cancel your birthday. So you can't cancel Jesus's birthday either. And no politician gets the right to cancel Jesus's birthday. You know, we're going to be like that classic um, or, you know, the first person that ever tried to cancel Christmas. If you are an avid office watcher you know the office uh and michael scott tries to cancel christmas and stanley replies back you can't cancel a holiday you know which is true you can't cancel a holiday you can't cancel (laughs) jesus's birthday this is gonna be like the ultimate you know classic michael scott line you know happy birthday jesus sorry your party was so lame like that's this is gonna be the ultimate year of that right sorry your party was so lame jesus because all the politicians canceled christmas so you can't cancel Christmas. And obviously we see these like intentional lockdowns. I am currently in Dayton, Ohio. I'm about to get tatted today, getting Jesus tatted today on my forearm, which is going to be pretty cool. Sacred Heart of Jesus. If you follow me on my personal Instagram, you know that and have seen the photo at this point already. But, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, I'm in Ohio and I'm going back to Pennsylvania, unfreaking fortunately, tomorrow. And if you know anything about Pennsylvania, they, uh, you know, Governor Governor Wolf, good old Tom Wolf, instilled uh, like I forget when it went into effect. It went into effect last weekend, and then um, December twelfth, I believe. Yeah, it went into effect December twelfth, and 
just happens to, you know, let up on January 4th, all these new restrictions and lockdowns to attempt to keep people apart during the holidays. And even if you believe in that, I'm okay with that. You know, as I've always said, you know, I'm out here living my life in, in the midst of the pandemic for the most part. Um, but even if you are not willing to meet with me or you don't want to meet with your family, like I don't judge people for that. I think that that's fine to want to do that. You still have to be intentional about how you're going to celebrate Christmas and Jesus' birthday. It is still a holy day of obligation. It is still literally the beginning of Christianity. And if you're a Christian, that should mean something to you. We commemorate these days, we save these holidays so that we can remember and celebrate some of the most important moments in our history, right? And you see like throughout this entire year, there's been an attempt to erase not just American history, but now we're talking like world history, religion history, right? Religious history. And it's interesting, you know, like I, I was doing some research just before this to try to see how, you know, the attempts to cancel Christmas around the world and, and the, the Christmas is canceled hashtag apparently really came out of Boris Johnson out in um, the UK canceling Christmas 2020. So I'm looking at an article from The Independent, which is a big news source out in, uh, in, in England, um, in Great Britain. They employ over 100 journalists around the world to bring you news you can trust, it says. So the title of this the title of this article is Christmas 2020 is canceled. Good. There will be more of us around to celebrate in 2021. Then the author, Sean O'Grady, of this article then starts out and says, I'm pleased with the tier four announcement. So tier four is like their strictest lockdowns, which by all measures have proven to not really be effective. But anyways, he's, he's pleased with the tier four announcement. He says, I like a turkey dinner and a mince pie as much as the next person but not if it's going to kill people. So this kind of brings me to the really the entire issue, the entire challenge, right, of why you can't cancel Christmas is because it's not just about turkey and minced pie. I don't even know what minced pie is. That must be a British thing, but it's not about that. It's not, that's not what we're here for, right? Like we didn't, we didn't sign up for this. So it's important for us to kind of recognize like, dude, this is not, this is not it. That's not what it's about. So what is it about? It's about Jesus. It's about trying to uh, celebrate the birth of Jesus. Mary's fiat. Mary saying yes. Birth, you know, giving birth to Christ. It's the year of Saint Joseph of celebrating his, you know, his fatherhood, his protection of the church, especially in these difficult times. And so, even if you're not willing to go to mass, which I don't recommend, I don't recommend. Even if you're not willing to go to mass, how are you going to celebrate in a special way? You know, and and there's some some lessons that I've really learned. I think through deployments and just my time in the army, you know, ranger school was really difficult with this as well, that I think that we have to really be thinking about um, as we kind of go through this time that I think people aren't considering. And some of those, like I said before, are, you know, we have to, you, you, you want to make this special. So, right. So like, even when I was deployed, I was in ranger school or whatever, like when I couldn't go to mass on Sunday, it's still the Sabbath, right? Like It's still like the Lord says, keep holy the Sabbath day. And so sure, I have to work. I'm in training or I'm at, you know, deployed or whatever. So like, I can't completely take the Sabbath off and say, hey, I'm going to rest today because the Taliban is not taking the Sabbath off, right? Like ISIS wasn't taking the Sabbath off. And so um, it's important to recognize that even if I can't go to mass or whatever it might be, we still have to celebrate. You still have to, you know, you should strive to watch mass on TV, receive spiritual communion which is something that obviously everybody started off hot at the beginning, right? Like when spiritual communion was a thing and live streaming masses, most people were doing that. But I can only imagine the number of people who start who stopped going to mass 
as soon as they got an excuse or reason to not go to mass, said, oh, I'm just going to live stream it. And then eventually stopped live streaming it and now don't do anything on Sundays. And now Sunday's just another day of the week. That number has to be high. There's literally no way that it's not, I don't think. So um, think about that. You know, how, how are you going to celebrate Christmas in a special way that it's not just about gifts and a tree? And, you know, <laughs> we should have some sadness about not being able to celebrate the mass together in a serious way and to make it special for the Lord because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. And that is important. We have to remember that. We have to recognize that. So you have to understand that Christmas has really been hijacked by the secular world. You know, when you, when you see all these things, it's just, it's become so um, materialistic and just about buying things and, and spending money and getting fat and uh, spending time with our family, which they're trying to, you know, really restrict and draw back this year. And the other lesson that I think has really come from that I really learned in my time in the army is that you can't just like the biggest sacrifice when people thank you for your service or whatever, like the biggest sacrifice that you make is that you just, you kind of miss like blips of your life, right? Like you miss periods of life and seasons of life with people that you can't get back. And you really learn that you really learn how precious that is, you know, and I, I really got to experience that when I was deployed. Thankfully, I wasn't married with kids yet, you know, um, still not, but I wasn't dead either, obviously. And so I got to see that, though, with a lot of my soldiers, my platoon sergeant, my squad leaders, and um, some of the other soldiers, some of the other officers that I knew, to, like, watch them FaceTime their families and, and um, just kind of miss these, like, seasons, right? Like, miss a, miss a t-ball season or to miss a Christmas show uh, in their kids, their kids' school. These different moments, like, you don't get that back. And, of course, if you're fighting for a, a worthy cause, if you're doing something that is, you know, just and, and right and something you believe in, in a fight that's worth fighting for, then it's, then sure. You know what I mean? Like it's still a very hard sacrifice to make, but that's really the sacrifice. It's really not to us. I don't think, I didn't see in those soldiers, like it wasn't like risking um, their lives or, or being, you know, in Afghanistan or sleeping on the cot or whatever was the hard part. The hard part was missing these moments with your family and you really can't get those back. And that's important to recognize. Cause I think there's a lot of people, you know, I have, I have friends or whatever, you know, when I go home to Harrisburg, or family members who who don't want to get together. They don't want to meet up for, for uh, Thanksgiving. They don't want to meet up for Christmas uh, because of COVID-19. And it's like, like I said before, okay, totally. I understand that. But what are we doing in place of that? You know, like I, I do have a lot of respect for the families who can't get together, but have the Zoom parties or get together via Zoom. Like, I, I think that's a great idea. But there's so many people who are just like, no, I'm not going to get together with you this year. And then they just don't follow up with anything else. Like there's no let's call each other. Let's do whatever. Like this, if the holidays are your time where you catch up and you reestablish that relationship, missing that time for a year, like that relationship is going to take a big hit. And I know that because I've experienced it multiple times before in my life when I had to go off the map for six months or nine months, you know what I mean? And you, you miss that, those gaps and you miss that time with people. It takes a big impact. It takes a big hit. And so it's important. I'm encouraging you that if you're one of those people that is not willing to get together with people, you have to reach out and still try to establish that relationship for a number of reasons. One, I think it's your responsibility to do so if you're the one that's not willing to get together. Why? Because people are not willing to get together uh, because of their fear of COVID, but people are also using COVID as an excuse to not get together with people they don't want to get together with, right? So if you're the one canceling, you have a little bit more obligation, in my opinion, to reach out and, and establish some type of connection in that relationship because you're the one that's, that's canceling it. And if, even if you're canceling for a justified reason, right? So like, 
if I'm, if I'm going, if I have a scheduled date night with Emily and I decide to cancel it because, you know, my, whatever, like I just, I, something else, or I have to do something for work, that might be a just cause, a just reason to cancel date night, but it's still me that cancels it. So I still have to be the one that reschedules it. You know what I mean? I have to take responsibility for that. And so I think the same thing goes with our relationships during the holidays. It's been one of the harder things for me is having friends, family members who are just like, yeah, no, we're not going to get together this year. But it's like, well, can we like schedule a phone call? Like nothing like I don't. So I'm just not going to talk to you for a year. These people that I don't talk with, I don't text with because they don't do that. Um, so we're just we're just not talking this year. OK, you know, Roger that. I think that's important that you you take responsibility and ownership for that. The other thing is that I think, you know, I, I was just talking with my mom about this yesterday is. There's certain friends and people who like I am. Or, or somebody else might be for you or for somebody else. But like for some of my friends at home, I'm like, dude, like I am the, the time that you spend with me is the only time you spend with an actively like engaged Catholic man in your life. Right. So they don't have any other like good Catholic friends who are actually living out the faith and trying to call them higher. And so it's like, dude, when you remove that from your life, there's nobody else who asks you about your faith life. There's nobody else who challenges you in your faith life. So like remove that for a year or remove that for 18 months, how do you think that that's going to go? You know, like what is going to be the impact of your spiritual life, of you as a man, of your growth? And I think we have to keep that in mind. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even if you're not going to meet together in person, how are we still going to establish that relationship? How are we going to, you know, keep that connection? Because whether you're family, your friends, whatever, it can be acute and whatever, you know, like no matter how long we go, we pick back up, like nothing ever happened. Like that might have a time limit. He just never pushed it yet. And we might be pushing a lot of time limits on a lot of relationships that are eventually going to break. And it's been great because this year, I think people got out of a lot of toxic relationships. But I think a lot of good, strong relationships have been uh, deeply affected in a negative way this year as well. And so think about that. This attempt to cancel Christmas, this attempt to cancel really Christianity, you know, to lock our churches, to keep families apart, um, is dangerous. And what part are you going to play in that? What part are you going to play in uh, how that goes? You know, um, I think that that's really important. You know, one of the things that I just shared recently on, on Word Up with Father Meyer uh, <laughs> is, on, is an Instagram live thing that, that he does every day. And I, I filled in for him this past Friday with uh, a good friend of mine, Pat Willie, seminarian out of Mount St. Mary's, Go Mount. Um, one thing I shared is one of Father Mike Schmidt's, one of my favorite things about him, he, he shares uh, near the holidays sometimes is, Pretend like you're going to die on Christmas Day or you're going to die on New Year's. Like, how would your life change? And if you were going to die this year on that, like, how could you tell God like, that you tried to keep the faith going, that you tried to continue to grow the church, that you tried to continue to develop your spiritual life during this time? And are you going to just have to say that you lived in fear and you didn't do any of those things? Even if you're afraid to go out and leave your house, it's still your responsibility. You still have to take ownership over your spiritual growth. It's still your responsibility to help to evangelize. It's still your responsibility to worship the Lord. That doesn't remove. That doesn't get removed. And there's no excusal from mass or, you know, anything the bishops can say that, that will remove your responsibility as a Christian to evangelize and to worship the Lord and to be present in the church and to be a member of the church, an active member of the church. So how are you doing that? We really have to evaluate that because if we died on this Christmas or New Year's, which is something that you know, my, my, my dear, my dear friend here at the, uh, uh, this British newspaper, this British news outlet doesn't understand 
is that there'll be more people in 2021. We as Christians know there might not be a Christmas 2021. And it might not be here for me. I could die in a plane crash next year. I could die in a car accident. I could die. I could have a brain tumor right now. You know, like who knows what, what's going on or what's going to happen. We, we, have this, we have this thing kind of with COVID-19 that we forget that people die from other things. And it's like this, we, we see this massive like worldwide realization that everybody's going to die. That's going to happen regardless. There could be another pa- uh, pandemic, another virus that comes out next year. You don't know. So the choice to live your life in fear or not is, is an important one. And I'm not saying that you have to go out there and be reckless and do whatever, but you have to be intentional. Intentionality is one of our biggest things here at Seeking Excellence. And you have to be intentional with how you're going to live. So if you're not going to see people, if you're not willing to mask up and see people, I, I'd wear a mask to go see my friends or family. Absolutely. I'd wear, you know what I mean? At social distance, I'd meet you outside, whatever they wanted to do. But if they're going to cancel that, if they're not willing to do those things, then okay, well, what are you going to do instead? Because it's not everybody else's responsibility to hunt you down and have a relationship with you. You have to take ownership for your 50% of the relationship. And so think about that. How are you going to spread joy? How are you going to spread love? How are you going to spread the faith this year? Because Christmas isn't just about these nice little light things. You know, I saw uh, the Daily Wire shared this this Twitter video uh, done by Kamala Harris and her husband, uh, Doug Emhoff, who I never knew was her husband until I saw this video. Um, They shared this video about Hanukkah being one of their favorite holidays. And it's a reminder to spread light at a time when we never needed it more, which I don't know how that's possible. This is the darkest time in world history. That seems a little bit dramatic. But um, in this video, you know, they talk about like, what's Hanukkah about? What does Hanukkah mean to you? And he asked Kamala, or Kamala, I never get it right. But he asked her, you know, how, like, what's Hanukkah be to you and all this stuff. They talk for like a minute and 30 seconds, and they never mention anything about God. Or about Jewish tradition, or about the rededication of the second temple, you know what I mean? Like what it's actually about, nothing. It's about light, and uh, spreading light, and joy, and equality, and justice for all people. And it's like, they politicize everything. And you have to understand that that's what the world is attempting to do. Don't be one of these people who just gets caught up in the current of thinking that Christmas or Hanukkah is just, is just a, you know, these holidays are just about all this, you know, light, airy, cute stuff that doesn't mean anything. It's about you encountering the real God. It's about Jesus and, and God himself, the creator of the universe, pursuing us and mankind by sending down his son to become a human being that would live and walk among us and call us out of our sin and call us out of the darkness. And we have to be those people. We have to be the John the Baptist of our current day and age. And I don't know if you've ever read scripture about John the Baptist, but nothing in his life was easy. He was intentional about making his life very difficult so that he could be the best voice for the Lord that he could be. And so we have to keep that in mind. And we have to go out there and be these lights in the world. And being a light in the world isn't just about spreading light and, and good vibes. No, it's about evangelizing and leading people closer to Christ. And if we're not close to Jesus, then we can't lead people closer to Jesus. And so think about that this year. All the fear and all the madness. Think about how are you leading people closer to Jesus in this time? We're called to be soldiers of Christ. Not, you know, wimps or cowards of Christ. Soldiers of Christ. Ambassadors of Christ. Disciples of Jesus. And we can't do that in fear. And Jesus didn't come down here and become man to give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of love power and self-control 
And so think about this. So the last thing I want to share with you as we go into this is I, I think this, you know, this website is great. It's called covidtracking.com. And I think that it's awesome. And they, it says here that there's data has been used by the New York Times, the Atlantic, the Washington Post, CNN, Vox, Wall Street Journal, Politico, New Yorker, Los Angeles Times, San Francisco Chronicle, Chronicle, all these different CBS news, you know, all these different news outlets, right? So they're not just BS places, but they kind of do the math for us that we all wanted to see. <clears throat> and I think this math kind of just gives you a little bit of hope and can help put things back into better perspective for us, right? So the one thing you see all the time is that there's 309,000 deaths right now. So as of right now, their latest total, 309,449 deaths in the United States. So all these numbers in the United States. The numbers that we don't get from CNN or the news or, you know, all these different places that are trying to instill fear. I saw mom just happened to turn the news on today to try to watch, uh, to try to check the weather and see something about how there's some new uh, version of the virus that's spread 70% as fast. Well, it's convenient that that just came out four days before Christmas. Um, but here, so 309,000 deaths out of 17,647,893 cases. And that's out of 17 million cases, 17.6 million cases are out of 232 million test results. So unfortunately, like I've always wanted, and like I've always shared is what if, what if every day you saw that there were 17,350,000 people who had recovered from coronavirus? What if we tracked the number of people who survived, who, 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 you know, you know what I mean? Like who recovered from it? How much do you think that would change everything? probably a pretty big amount, right? How much would that change everything to see that? It'd be a pretty big deal. And we just unfortunately don't get to see that. We don't get to feel that. But if you do the math on that, my, you know, one of my friends did it the other day and just do the math, go, go on there, look at the raw numbers and then look at that survival percentage and that's across all age groups, all demographics, all pre-existing conditions, all people who, you know, were in the, you know, the Florida, the Florida count, I forget, I think it was down in Florida before where it was like somebody died in a motorcycle accident and they tested positive for COVID. So they called it a COVID death, like all of those people, that's counting everybody. And so again, I'm not telling you to not, I'm not telling you to not be precautious, to not take precautions. I'm not telling you to not wear your mask, I'm not telling you to not wash your hands more, I'm not telling you to not take your vitamins and do all of that stuff and not to, to go out and, and go club. And I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that, are we really willing to not go receive Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity on Christmas day because of something with, you know, that, that rate? That's something you have to pray about. And if you feel like the Lord's telling you to stay home, then stay home, but pray about these things. Don't just listen to CNN. Don't let CNN be your new bishop. Don't let CNN be your new pastor. Don't let, you know what I mean? Kamala Harris be your new, uh, your, your new priest or your new spiritual leader. These are not the people that are going to lead you closer to God. They're not going to lead you to heaven. So follow the good and holy priests, the good and holy bishops, the ones who want you to see you actually be a saint. And we have to take their guidance. We have to take their counsel. And most importantly, we have to take counsel from the Lord. And we do that through our prayer and through praying and discerning what is it that we're called to do during this time. And we need to ask God that. What are you calling me to do during this time? How can I serve? How can I be a servant of the Lord during all this? So remember, everyone, you can't cancel Christmas. It's uncancelable. The Lord is coming regardless. <laughs> and when he does, 
we want to be ready for it. And how can we be most ready? By being the best disciple, ambassador, and soldier of Christ that we can possibly be. And so I want to encourage you to take heart, to be strong, to be courageous during this time. Don't be stupid, but be courageous. Don't live in fear. Be intentional about how you're going to instill and establish and strengthen those family and relationships and your friendships during this time. Fight hard out there and keep the hope alive. Keep hope alive during these holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope that you have a great Christmas week uh, and, and, you know, and just look forward to really coming in hot next year with some great content for all of you. But just really want to encourage you, you know, Father Meyer yesterday at Mass just really encouraged us to encounter Jesus in, in the Eucharist. Go pray in front of the tabernacle, go to adoration if possible, go to Mass this week and remember how much God loves you and how much he is constantly looking to provide for us during this time. So fight hard, be your best.